making all these New Year's resolutions, you know, I'm going to exercise, diet. I'm going to, I'm going to have this kind of a diet. Boy, I'm going to do this. I think my resolution is this year that I will keep is that uh, I will not go on a diet. Um, have no problem keeping that one. Uh, but, you know, people have that New Year's resolution. I'm going to have a healthy diet and I'm going to stick to it. Now, they do that because they think they'll live longer. They don't. It just actually seems longer. Okay. But, but what I'm saying is, is this. That those are good things. There's nothing wrong with those things. But they still profit little. Okay. We should try to do those things. But they're not the main thing, is what he's telling us here. It profiteth little. Uh, but holiness is profitable unto all things with a promise for the life that now is, as well as the life is to come. So we go with that. It's a promise for now, and it's the life to come. Now, many have a resistance to the word exercise. Because, actually, it's... it's Really defined here, it is defined as rigorous, self-sacrificial training. In Second Peter, uh, excuse me, Second Timothy chapter three twelve, it tells us. You've heard me say it many times. All those that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. The believer, therefore, must train to be godly. Now think of that. We must train to be godly. Or will be a quitter. It's that simple. The best way to get where you are going is just to keep on. I, I have a quote here I've written down by Dr. Lee Robertson that he would preach often. And this is the quote. He said, don't quit. Any half-baked imbecile can quit. Be faithful. Quitters are a dime a dozen. Don't quit. Now, Dr. Lee Robertson, after he had resigned his church, after pastoring for 42 years, and he went out preaching all across this country up until, until his mid-90s, uh, preached the word, just stayed active, preaching everywhere he'd go. He's preaching, 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 preaching. But uh, after 42 years of pastoring, he said he made this statement, there has never been a time that it was not opposed. But if you exercise yourself in holiness, you exercise yourself in the word of God, you exercise yourself in that which is right, you're ready to meet the enemy. By the way, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, and rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. Um, So a pastor, if he's going to be a godly pastor, cannot... Water down the word, he cannot compromise with the world. But really, that goes for all of us as Christians. Why would any of us, as his very own children, water down his word and compromise with the world? You know, one of the things that troubled me, not as I told you this morning, on the board at BIMI, and I remember back when I started with them, I think it's 10, 12 years ago, that uh, there was over a thousand missionaries. Now it's down in the lower 900s. You say, well, that's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah, but what I see so often, you bring in a bunch of missionaries, 
And the ones that don't quit before they go to the field, they'll go to the field and many of them will quit after one term. Well, you don't know how hard it is. And I don't. I mean, if you want to find out about hardness, talk to the Edwards. I tell you what, now they know about hardness. When Dr. Banfield gets back, talk to him. They'll tell you what it is like on a field. Uh, God called you to a work, you do it, and you don't quit, regardless of the opposition. If the work is right, I can guarantee you Satan is going to oppose it and try to use Christians to bring you down to do it. And those Christians won't be aware that Satan is using them. So you got to keep it in your own heart and mind that it's Satan, not them. Okay, number three. Pray that we will be stronger numerically in souls saved, Christians edified, and most of all, Christ glorified in 2020. Pray that as an Acts 2, that souls will be added to the church and become faithful serving members at his house more than in 2019. Now that doesn't happen if we're not listening to hear what God has to say to us instead of looking to find fault. We need to be daily in the word. We need to be daily inviting others, carrying those tracks with you. Those tracks are a good thing. People have gotten saved reading tracks, by the way. We had one at our last board meeting that was there because of someone reading a track. Pray by name for souls. Be on visitation. Learn how to win souls. Talk to people about Jesus Christ and do it with a purpose. Okay, let's look at number 10. I'm not at number 10 yet. What happened? Oh, number four. Here we are. Somebody's pulling a joke on me, I thought, for a moment. Okay. Number four. Pray for us to be a true fellowship. The word is defined a partnership. That's what the word fellowship in the Bible doesn't mean a party, okay? The word fellowship actually means a partnership. Many times in the Bible, it was used to refer to the relationship between husband and wife. And so it's a partnership uh, was the way the word was used in that day, the Greek word. Uh, and so again, uh, pray for us to be a true fellowship as the Bible word is defined, a partnership that is working together as labors with God, 1 Corinthians 3, 9 through 11. Pray that none of us will exalt the ministry where God has placed us over any other ministry of the church in 2020. Well, we looked at 1 Peter, excuse me, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 9 through 11, where he said, For we are labors together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. Uh, by the way, that God's husbandry, God's building, that has an apostrophe S after God. You're his possession. You're God's building. You are God's uh, husbandry. And he goes on to say, according to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another built it thereon. Other words, it's not because of Paul. It's not because of Peter. It's because of Jesus Christ. Okay. Another built thereon, but let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. 
We need to be Bible-based and holy. That's God's way, Bible-based and holy. Not that which is entertaining, psychological, and watered-down truth that will avoid certain subjects as to not offend anyone. You know, uh, since both of these have said it to me, I wouldn't say their names. I hope they don't mind. But uh, Bill and Linda St. Louis and the Lloyds have, have told me, Central Baptist Church is my life. That's great. When you believe God has put you in the ministry here and it becomes your life, that's great. Missions, church planting was Paul's life. And when it becomes your life, you're getting on the right track of true fellowship with God. You're doing and you're going in the right way. Uh, I'm not against things such as golf, except every time I go, that windmill comes around, hits that ball before it goes through that hole, okay? But I'm not against golf, fishing, hunting, crafts, and other things of that nature, unless they take the place of serving God, where we serve Him only out of convenience rather than by Commitment of love, as we see in Mark twelve thirty. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. Loving God with all. I think the reason he says heart, he's talking about your inner man, your spirit. Then your soul. Let it be the emotion of your heart to please God. With your mind, meditating on him. With your strength, using your body for his service. And so he says, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. Now what he meant by this is the first commandment is God is saying that of all the commandments, because they'd asked him which is the most important commandment. He says the first of all commandments was this right here. This commandment is the most important to God. You ever talk to someone that says, I'm a pretty good person. I don't think I need to be saved. I, this and that. And the question asked me, well, if you broke a commandment that God said was the most important to him, would you then be guilty of a terrible sin that deserves hell? Oh, Yeah. Have you always loved him with all your inner person? Loved him totally with all the strength that your life is dedicated to it? Loved him with all your mind that you're always thinking on him? And Well, if they say, oh, yes, I do. Say, read to him Revelation 21, 8, where it says, And all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire. Now, we don't love God as we ought to. That's, that's the simple truth. We as Christians break this commandment that is the most important to God. Think of that. He said, this is most important to me. God was honored when Paul forsook all to follow him. He was honored when Abraham left his home 
to follow him. And therefore, in Abraham, all nations are blessed today. But the blessing comes after the commitment and the action. He had to trust God through it all. Let's look at number five. Pray that we'll be stronger financially in 2020 than in 2019. Pray that this provision will help us to get the word of God and the gospel to more places throughout the world. And pray that we can pay for ministry as tools for outreach and repairs and things of that nature. Okay. You say, should you really pray for that? Our financial uh, income will increase? Yeah. If we're going to use it for the Lord and to spread his precious word and his ministry and reaching souls, yes, pray for it. If that enables, then let's do it. But there's also a responsibility to actually do it. You see? So, yeah, we should pray for that. God was honored when they built the temple. And then later, in the rebuilding of the temple, when it was cleaned up, he was honored. We are worshiping the almighty, high and exalted God. And so his house is to worship him. And then secondly, is to take the gospel to the whole world while teaching every new convert uh, brought to Christ in this house to grow in the Lord as a newborn babe in Christ. They need to be fed and they need to be built up. Number six, pray that in each revival meeting, church service, and conference, we have missions conference coming this year. And this coming year, we'll have a Bible conference. So pray that each revival meeting, church service, and conference, that the Holy Ghost is the power in the preacher's voices that hold our attention, and that God will open the understanding of each person's heart for edification, correction, reproof, and instruction in righteousness in 2020. More so than in any year of our history, our history as a church, but also our history as individuals. Um, The Bible tells us that evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. So we must have more than a convenient church thought of thinking, well, as long as I'm attending on regularly, that's all that counts. As long as I give a tithe, that's all that counts and nothing else matters. Consecrated commitment on our part with a non-quit attitude gives the Lord a vessel that he can use to bring about revival and holiness. Not only to the local church, but to your own personal life. The churches of this country, if they don't have this revival, America is doomed. Now, I know you've heard people say that, but it's actually a truth. Without God, all those nations that forsake God... God will judge. And so we need it. To think that it can't happen anymore is doing something that you really shouldn't do. Just say, well, that can't happen today. That can't happen anymore. I've heard preachers say that, and it pains my heart. Why? Because now it's saying God is admitting Satan's power is greater than his, and so it can't happen. That's blasphemy. I don't care what the situation is. God can do it. But he wants willing people to let God do it in them and through them. 
You know, the, the Holy Ghost has to work in you before he can work through you. But if you'll let him, he will. It's that simple. You let him, he will. And so, again, we have to have a non-quit attitude that allows the Lord to use us as his vessels. Uh, Don't quit. Don't quit. Quitting is not God giving up on you. It's you giving up on God. You've lost your trust for him. It's not that God has changed. God changeth not. Our heart changes. And that's the very moment that we're not right with God as Christians. Number seven. Pray for God's protection on the ministry. Pray for our children to be protected from any who would molest them, bully them, or mislead them in false doctrine. Ask God to reveal clearly those who would do those things and that we will know exactly what to do in handling the situation. Pray there will be no terrorist attacks on this ministry and that this ministry will be safer in 2020 than we were even in 2019. Last year was, I'd say, wow. Because these things here that are on this list, most this is almost a duplicate of the list. There's some changes to it. But we prayed and we saw that God answered these things. He did things that people said cannot happen. You know what happens when you see a list like this? We're like the church in Acts chapter 12. Peter's in prison. They're going to execute him the next day. And that church is having an all-night prayer, praying, Oh, Lord, rescue Peter. Oh, Lord, save Peter. Take Peter from there so they can't hurt him. And they're praying and praying and praying. Finally, there's a knock at the door, and a little girl goes, answers the door, and says, Oh, it's Peter. She doesn't open the door and let him in. She just says, It's Peter. And she walks back there, tells them. They think she's crazy. Finally, the knocking keeps on. They say, Well, somebody better get it. They're not going to stop. They go there, and it's Peter. God answered their prayers, but they were praying, not really expecting God to do what they were praying. Let's expect God to answer what we prayed for. And one of the great examples that we have was faith promises past year. Expect God to do it. And he can. We just pray that way, which takes us now, as we think of that, to number eight. Okay, number eight. Pray for faith promise giving to be greater in 2020 than it was in 2019. Ask God to direct us in which missionaries to add as a result of the increase and what mission projects to support and help. Pray that each person will do more this year. Now, as I said, last year, we can call that a miracle. But we cannot rest on the past. 
we cannot rest on the past. When we start resting on the past, then we start tearing down. We must always be building for the future. Always pressing towards the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Always keep pressing towards that mark. Because the time is drawing near. It's of, of utmost importance that you pray for your deacons. As they consider and vote to add missionaries and to help on mission projects. It was great that God blessed us with the increase in faith promise. Now we have a personal responsibility in these men in position to direct that as to the way God would have it directed. Sometimes there are good things that we could support. God doesn't really want to want us to support that. He wants to support something else. That's why these men have to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost. And that's why they have the position they have. And God has placed them there. And by the way, uh, I love our deacon board. We have a bunch of good deacons. So let me just go on record as saying that right now. So we, again, we want to know that uh, We pray for these things, pray that even more of our people will get that 2020 vision from God for souls. And we will not rest on the past. Okay, number nine, pray for our biblical standards to be never compromised. Ask God to keep us truer to the word in 2020 than in 2019. Pray for our internet, radio, and live stream ministry to operate well without problems of equipment break down. Um, you know, when we look at something like that, we're looking at some things like, for an example, holiness. Holiness. True to the Word of God. We're growing in holiness. Holiness is when our lives are framed and molded into the character of God. Holiness is God-likeness, godly. And it's traced upon our souls. Holiness is conformity to the image of Christ. But it does not happen if we're not in the Word, we're not reading on it, and we're not meditating on it, we're not obeying it. and we're not serving God, then don't expect growth in holiness. You can sometimes grow in a pride that thinks that you're an intellectual, which becomes foolishness in the sight of God. Grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, it says in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In Psalms 145 and verse 17, it says the Lord is righteous in all his ways and he's holy in all his works. You know, one of the identifying things is when you say, oh boy, here's something new. We ought to do this. Does it reflect the holiness of God, his righteousness? Does the way of it or does it compromise with something of the world? Then it's not of God. It's not of God. First Thessalonians 522. Uh, Abstain from all appearance of evil. You see, Jesus' name is often attacked by his own people when they don't know they're attacking it. There is an ever-increasing drive to change standards 
Some have turned to the deceptive, uh, for example, sovereign grace music that's out there today. Now, a lot of you probably aren't familiar with that. But what they're doing, trying to do now is take good words and put it to that worldly beat. They said, well, you know, this other stuff they started out with, they're just repeating this, what they called 7-Eleven, seven words 11 times, you know. Well, uh, they've actually put some words. Now, what well, you've got to be careful of, it. a lot of good words, but a lot of it's trying to drive you towards Calvinism. Some of the words they use are trying to drive you towards Calvinism, give you an appetite for it. That's the way the devil works. But adding the world to God's words is blasphemy. It's simply blasphemy. And we need to understand that. Uh, in Malachi, they tried to keep the offerings and uh, teachings of, of the word, but yet they incorporated the world's religions. They had some of the world's music and other things in their worship. Uh, during the time of the Maccabees, Antiochus the fourth, who was the Syrian, come from Syria, the Grecian king coming out of Syria, ruling that area, he They'd offer him money among the priests, and the one that gave him the most money got to be the high priest. Antiochus wasn't the one to choose the high priest, and many of those high priests didn't qualify. And especially if they're offering money to get a position. Antiochus ended up offering a pig on the altar at the temple. And that's when the Maccabees were able to get together and overthrow that and clean the temple, which I believe honored God. As a matter of fact, that's what Hanukkah is about. Uh, the Hanukkah that they are Jews, that, that, that's what it's all about. It was cleaning up the unholy from God's house. It's cleaning up the unholy from God's people. And that's what the Jewish Hanukkah is about. Um, but then we look at the church today. Uh, they sacrificed a pig in the temple, but much of the music out of hell is just as bad in the local church today with the immodesty and everything else that goes along with it. Now look, we have a radio program, we have uh live stream, we've affected nearly 1.8 million different computers at least once, and many of those many times over. The top downloads each month have at least eight out of ten of those top downloads are radio programs. Many months, all ten uh, of the top ten are radio programs. But do you realize there are even locals who try to tear down this radio? We have actually people in this county that are trying to affect our radio station. That's just the battle that goes on behind the scenes that you don't see. But what I'm saying is, is because of that, uh, we have to trust in God and do God's will, God's way for him to preserve it. Now, if we compromise with the world, I don't think anybody would be opposing us. But if you walk with God, then there is a spiritual warfare. You've got to decide which side of the great divider you're going to be on. The Lord said he divided even in the home. Sometimes it's the uh, father against the son, the mother against the daughter. And so you decide what's more important to you, the Lord or, or family. 
If family is going to go against God, don't support it. Don't support it. Let's go on to number 10. Pray for labors for each ministry, especially for a great harvest of souls in 2020. Pray for all members to be involved in ministry in the way of God's leading. Um, labors for each ministry. You go back to our text. You're teaching them to observe. Uh, You've heard me say it many times, we should be more holy this year than we were last year. If you've been a member this whole year at Central Baptist Church, then you ought to have grown in your holiness and in your standards of righteousness. Look, holiness and righteousness is not legalistic. Rather, they are issues of true love for God. And the big question becomes, is your faith and life a life and faith of convenience or is it a loving, consecrated commitment to God? Are we satisfied with somewhat faithful attendance only? Does our faith require entertainment and simplicity that requires no thought or no meditation? Look, Sunday school, Sunday morning. Sunday morning services, Sunday night services, Wednesday night Bible teaching. In addition to revivals and conferences that we have. People said, we've got to develop. We've got to develop a, a discipleship program. The things I just said to you are discipleship. If people listen, they grow in those things and they learn about Jesus Christ. Now, it is good for fellow Christians to take somebody under your hand that's a new Christian and be able to encourage them in the things that you're learning and you share that with them and to help them to grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's just look at some things. Now, I'm going to step on some toes here. Remember, you can't leave and you can't sue me. Okay. But there are ladies that are off on Tuesday morning, and you could be at a Tuesday morning Bible study. And the excuses are really pitiful for not coming. And those things become more important to you than the study of God's Word. Look, they're not talking about this lady's Bible study, psychology, and uh, marriage seminars given and using books by men and women that aren't even fundamental, don't even use our Bible. They use the world's principles. Look, whether it's a teen, whether it's a young adult, whether it's a middle-ager, uh, older adult, getting together at one another's homes, you can do fun things. That's right. You can invite people. Hey, come on up to the house. You can play games. You can do things. You can go out to a ball game somewhere. You can do things of that nature. But I'm tired of nursery to primary church level Christians being in young marriage, middle age classes, and older classes that have to have their entertainment at church or they're going to go find where they can be entertained. Well, just come out and admit, I don't love God and I don't want to hear about Him. I don't want to hear about His Word. I don't want to be uh, instructed in righteousness and holiness. I just want to have fun. You can do that, or you can say, you know what, I'm going to be serious about 
God's not against you getting together and having fellowship. But church time, when we're preaching His Word, we're teaching His Word, and we're serving God together, we're going on visitations, we're having these classes, we're having all these other things, that's not the time for recreation. Stand up for Jesus, ye soldiers of the cross. There's a men's prayer time on Monday night that we really care about revival. You know, I, I read a lot of news uh, thing. I, I, don't, I don't watch on television. I get tired of television. So I, I, I read a lot of different articles. You wonder, how in the world do you have this homosexual marriage? How in the world do you have this wanting to have drugs? How in the world do you have, want to have all these other things that are going on? You know what? 15, 20 years ago, they were teaching your kindergartners, my two mommies. And throughout school, they've been teaching all these things, all these very liberal things, anti-God things. Now today, you've got a lot of people that don't want the name Jesus Christ at Christmas. You've got a lot of people who think uh, we need to be arrested for speaking against anything that is immoral. That's been taught to your children and grandchildren over these last 20 some odd years. It seems natural to them. They think that we're crazy. So understand, it's a real spiritual battle. One more generation, there are no more victories. Unless there's a revival and there can be a revival. There can be a revival. Do we care less about America and our grandchildren going to hell than we do about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? Let me say some practical things. What about parking lot duty? You know, it seems like the same people have to do it a couple times a month. This many men, we ought to have it. A parking lot duty ought to be doing it one time a month or one time every three months. And and it, it's not really hard work. And with all the modern cell phones and things, you can even watch a church service or listen to it on the radio as you're walking around checking things and just making sure that our cars aren't getting beaten up and it's stolen in, uh, things stolen from them. And many more could volunteer and be a part of that instead of having the same people every time. We have a prayer time. Well, I'm preaching now. There's supposed to be people in the prayer room back there praying as they hear my voice going over the uh, speaker. Whether I'm preaching or someone else is preaching, they're back there praying. You can be a part of that prayer time. You say, well, isn't that kind of, how, how do you listen and pray? Well, I just prayed about revival. And I can see a person back there saying, yes, Lord, may we have a heart for revival. Lord, speak to people's hearts about this. Many of these things that I've said. And you can be a part of it. Your Sunday school classes get a turn once a month to do that. Get in there. Be involved. Be involved. Men's Bible study on Tuesday morning, 6 o'clock. Man, I can't do that at 6 o'clock in the morning. That's poor. That's rough. You can't get up and be there at 6 o'clock. It's just too hard. I imagine you can't get up and go fishing or go hunting at that early either, can you? Well, preacher, you don't understand. Yes, I do. I know what's more important to you. 
Uh, preacher, go on to something else. Okay, let's do that. Uh, what about usher help? Now, we've got good ushers and things like that. But you know what? I like to see greeters with ushers. That are each door. People come in and so forth. And they're right there and they're waiting. They're greeting people and ushers helping and so forth. Uh, you don't have to be over 70 to be an usher. Really, you don't. Well, that doesn't bother me, preacher. I've got to wear a tie. Can you imagine standing for the Lord? Well, yeah, Lord, I would love to have been an usher, but Lord, they want me to wear a tie. And God says, so? You see, I'm not scolding you tonight. I'm trying to tell you as it is from a biblical point of view. I'm not going to apologize for it, by the way, but I'm trying to tell you how it is, all right? Um, we've got nursery, could use more nursery workers. We could have more people in the choir. We could have more people in orchestra. We have hardly any in orchestra. People that know instruments, had instruments, took lessons, learned, and now they're put away, the instrument and your talent. Why did God give you a talent if he didn't want you to use it? You could be in the orchestra. Uh, some could teach in Sunday school. Some could be in children's church. Some could get involved in the bus ministry. Bus ministry just doesn't need volunteers that ride the bus on Sunday. They need people that love those boys and girls' hearts and souls so much they realize that we're the last chance for them to get saved because of what they're growing up in now. And so they want to go out and rescue the perishing and have care for that, those little children's souls. And so they'll get out and knock on doors. And they'll be there early on Sunday morning. They'll be there uh, on the bus taking them home in the afternoon. And then they'll be rejoicing with those same souls in heaven. What about visitation? What about taking new members and converts under your wing? Not to gossip, but to build up Jesus Christ in them. Radio could use people who would go out and try to get more underwriters. Maybe there are things that Brother Mark could have you to do. Some could volunteer one day a week. I mean, if you're not going to do it one day a week, you're probably going to be hit and miss, and it'd be a waste of time, really. But some could just volunteer one day a week to work in maintenance or whatever's needed. If you learn where everything is and how to do it, then all they got to do when you come in that day, they say, you know, we need this done, and you can go do it because you know where the things are. You know what to do. You could work in security at the school. Other things that OCA may need some help in. And by the way, FBI, Faith Bible Institute, could build up your knowledge of God and his word. And you'll receive much more than I'm able to give you. But again, you've got to ask yourself, do I want a convenient but clean church? Or do I want a loving, consecrated, 
commitment to Christ. Again, if serving God is below you, then your leadership and spiritual maturity is not there for the Lord. My challenge tonight is for people who will honestly say, I will pray for these things every day in 2020. Now, something may come up to hinder that, a hospital stay or something, but you want to pray for it regularly throughout 2020. And then secondly, as this morning in the reading of the Bible, and now in prayer and service, you're going to seek what God would have to do, and you're going to do it with all your heart, because you want to fulfill the Great Commission, not only to get them saved, but to get them growing and to be solid Christians for Christ. Oh, I hope that you will do that. Let's bow our heads.